Seekers, welcome to the fifth episode of Sound for Thought. Wow, look at us, still going strong after five episodes. I'm proud of us. And thanks for listening. I am your host, Andrew Schultz from Redefining Records. And if you really are enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram because I really crave positive reinforcement. Today, I have a very cool conversation to share with you because it's the first episode that doesn't solely focus on a musician. Although this person does make music, they are a musician, but they're doing this interview from a different perspective. In this episode, we get more of a behind-the-scenes look at the music production and promoting process, and we're getting it from Mike Donnelly of Twin Peaks Sessions. Twin Peaks Sessions is an all-inclusive DIY music community that showcases live music and recorded sessions in an acoustic outdoor rooftop setting in Twin Peaks, San Francisco. And I stole that description directly from their YouTube page, so it can't get any more accurate than that. But as you will find out later, it's really so much more than that. And don't worry, we do still have some cool music to listen to before and after the interview. As always, we're actually going to listen to some of Mike's favorite Twin Peaks recordings, starting with the first one they ever did. This first track that you're going to hear is called Long Lungs by Kevin Nichols. And then at the end of the interview, we're going to listen to a song called Step Back by Rainville, which was one of their most recent sessions. So we really get the full circle here. And I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation and the music. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. i 
All right. What's up, Mike? What's going on, Andrew? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you. You're the fear, you're the first person who's not strictly talking about their own musical project. So it should be fun to kind of get some different questions than usual and get some different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I mean, I usually start them all the same ways. I'm interested in knowing how people uh, got started with music. So basically, like as a child, did your parents play music in the house? What kind of music did you grow up listening to? Um, were you part of a musical family? That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where it all started. Uh, the first thing that really comes to mind is my dad really got me into kind of like, I would say the, well, like Neil Young, R.E.M., that kind of like, I guess you can peg it as classic rock, but I kind of hate that mm-hmm. genre because I've I've heard Green Day on a classic rock station and- Oh, geez. And that's just, yeah. And like even Stone Temple Pilots, are, that's one of my favorite bands, but they're pegged as classic rock, so I don't like- that genre, yeah. but I would say I grew up with the quote unquote classic rock, mainly mm-hmm. with the REM, Neil Young, and just, you know, I, I feel like everyone had Led Zeppelin in like eighth grade. If you were born in the early 90s, that is, I'm not sure how old most viewers are here, but I was born in the early 90s. So, like everyone in middle school, it was cool to, to like ACDC and Led Zeppelin. Like that was, that was cool, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of sure. had that. I guess that. So I was always into into rock, really. Yeah. And did you um, grow up doing lessons or playing instruments? I am not musically talented where I never took a lesson. I tried like YouTube videos on guitar and I was like, all right, I don't like guitar. I almost curse. Can we curse here or no? Oh, yeah. You can curse. You can curse. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like to play guitar and I was like, well, I want to do something um so i picked up then bass guitar i was like okay i heard this could be easier nice Um, so i would just look up blink 182 bass tabs and i still did them very poorly but that was just kind of me just being self-taught on bass so then i i messed around with um a few friends in high school just kind of you know nothing really serious at all we had our fake band name called the buzzed freaks um i like it and yeah, it was a great time. I remember we did a Rage Against the Machine cover Ooh, of Killing yes. Name. And I didn't even play bass. I just remember singing and yelling, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my but, band did a, a Rage cover as well in high school. We did Maggie's Farm. which Oh, hell yeah. Was a cover in That's itself. a cover of a cover. That's yeah, exactly. Cool, you know? <laughs> um, but, but doing a Rage song is just super fun to do with a group. Oh, yeah. Just that energy is great. So, I mean, I was always... You know, like I said, I was listening to music and then I wanted to be involved in music. And as someone who wasn't really musically talented, I guess I just would, my way of being involved as I grew older was just going to shows. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that started with like, yeah, going to show with my dad or like with my sisters. My sisters were huge into, into emo, you know, in terms of like something corporate, Jack's Mannequin, Dashboard Confessional. So Uh I also like blended in with that type of genre as well growing up um like some of my favorite bands are modest mouse which i think is a nice blend of like alternative grunge rock with some emo subgenre they're they're kind of hard to categorize but yeah but yeah as someone who wasn't like i was like all right i'm never going to be great at playing you know bass or, or guitar and i don't know where to begin if i even wanted to play drums 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just go to shows and, you know, talk to the bands at the merch table. And to me, that was, you know, that was me being involved in music. Yeah. You know, growing up. I mean, that's cool that you would go up and try to talk to the bands. Not everyone has the courage to go try to talk to the musicians. Yeah. It's actually really funny sometimes because I'll, I'll like really like a band and they're not, you know, super big where you should be starstruck, but I'll be like heart pounding and so awkward and nervous. And then when we're talking, like I'll even say like, Oh, I was kind of scared to talk to you. And they'll, They'll be like, you know, I'm I'm just like you. There's there's really nothing special about me. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes when you kind of relate on that level of like, okay, there's just two humans talking to each other. I just happen to really like the music you make. And it's yeah, I like that. You you feel very human and you you connect with them. And I always I always found that really rewarding getting to talk to a band after their set. You know, whether this is a house show or like you're at a, you know a venue, an established venue that you bought an advanced ticket for, and there's a line to talk mm-hmm. to this person. Yeah. I'm sure they appreciate it generally. I, I would think that most musicians um, actually probably want more people to like have a real conversation with them. Um, so I find that super cool. Yeah. Actually, the, la- the last show I went to, uh, this artist, David Dondero, he pretty much just solo acoustic and doesn't really have a home type situation, just tours yeah. constantly. And he's, I believe he's now 50 years old and I was having a, a pretty rough week and I needed, it was one of those weeks where like you want to get out of the house, but you can't get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to the show last minute. I was like, I just, I got to see this, you know, he's, he's not always in town. And I told him that when I was talking to him afterwards and I almost left, I was like, I don't even want to say anything, but I told him like, you know, I was, it was hard for me to get out of the house, but, but hearing your set and hearing your words of motivation, it, it really stuck with me. So I said, thank you. And the first thing he said to me was, well, do you feel okay now? And I saw the look in his eye. He genuinely cared. Mm-hmm. And that was like such a, it was like That's one awesome. of the best moments I had in like the last few months of like, okay, he actually gave a shit that, you know, I, told him that you know a moment of i thought weakness was like no like are you okay and him caring about that really really struck a good chord with me there so so yeah yeah, that was one of those special moments i had yeah that was last weekend oh wow that's super cool um yeah so i i get the feeling that you're passionate about live music it's not even it's a fact you said it (laughs) um which probably kind of explains how you got into doing what you're doing now um, so for all the listeners who don't know what the Twin Peaks sessions are, can you give us like a little explanation? Yeah. And if you listen to Robert's podcast or, or his appearance on your podcast last week, he described it as, I'll probably misquote him, but it was totally illegal, super <laughs> sketchy, but really cool. Um, oh, so yes. I'll skip the first two parts and I'll say that it's, it's really cool. So what we do is right out of um, the place that I live in, which is in the Twin Peaks area of San Francisco, um, we are blessed with this awesome, like if you walk outside on what's like a deck area, mm-hmm. there's a rooftop, which is essentially on top of the person below us. And it's a very, it's like an open, I don't know how long it is, but I want to say it's like 10 yards. So it's a, it's a good s- spot to have to have a band on. So what we do is we do recorded sessions. Um, they're 90% acoustic. I would say we call them acoustic sessions, but basically it's, um, 
it's a live session. So we're, we're miking up the artist. We're, we're filming them. And Ryan, who films, is, is crazy talented. She just picked up the camera this year, mm-hmm. and her work is incredible. So, And usually we just run one camera, which is pretty crazy because you'll watch a live session, and usually they'll have so many different angles coming at oh, you. Yeah. But, but we're just going to run one camera because budgeting and it's just we're super simple. Um, but yeah, we're doing these recorded sessions and we, and we just post them up on YouTube and it's all like, it's mixed, it, it's edited. We make sure it looks nice and we try to make it as professional, I guess, as possible, but it's, it's really done by just three people. Um, and we're collective based. So based, so we have people help out on sound and just, you know, give us advice on how to mix and how to record and whatnot. But we do those sessions and then we also host shows. So we'll just host an acoustic show. There's no PA. Um, we had drums and cajones before, but they are very much banned uh, for many reasons. <laughs> so we've pretty much like have downsized a lot in what we allow. Um, but it's it's great. And the shows are all just like donation based. You know, no one turned away for lack of funds. There's really no advanced ticket going on. It's it's just your your usual house show, five dollar suggested donation. If we have a touring band, we really try to make sure we get like, you know, pass around the money bucket so they have, you know, gas to get to the next city or, you know, something to eat later. Yeah. But it's it's a very good community that's been building here. Um, like our biggest show had 60 people, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in an apartment building and you're outside on a deck, it was very crammed and definitely, but just really cool, you know? So we're just, we're just doing all that. And none of us really have any background. And like I said, in photography or filming or sound mixing. So that's where we get people like Robert Sandless who will help us out. And he'll do a lot of the the live recordings where like it's beyond solo acoustic. There's, you know, like a drum track we have to add in mm-hmm. or, you know, a, lap steel or whatever like he'll he'll help out in those situations so it's pretty much a full-on collective with three main people just kind of the twin peaks people but then everyone's kind of invited to to help out that sounds awesome i mean i agree i agree um with your assessment of the video work too it comes out really nicely um your camera person uh you said rian oh rian rian yeah, super good. And I, I like the simplicity, like you were saying, especially when you see other live sessions like the KXP sessions and stuff where there's like 20 cameras, uh, or it feels that way at least. Yeah. Um, it's nice to get the kind of simplistic view of it, and, and it, the sound is good too. So from what I've seen, it's really cool, and I recommend that everyone goes and checks it out. Um, so my next question is, how did it get started? Yeah, that's we get asked that all the time at shows like who thought of this? Like why what's a lot of people like who lives here? Um, (laughs) but the way it got started was, so I've lived in San Francisco for just over three years now. And I've had the same roommate, John, who's, um, who's part of that three that I mentioned with, with twin peak sessions. And we, Oh, like I want to say within the first year I thought of like, Oh, it would be sick to like, throw a party out there, you know? Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's probably dangerous. And then I was like, well, what if we just did one show? Just, you know, one full on, I'm, like I said, I like alternative rock, punk rock, grunge rock. What if we just did one big rock show out there? Like amps, drums, everything. Just did once. If we get in trouble, whatever, we won't do it again. But then I was like, well, 
what if it, what if I really like it? I want to keep doing it. So we kind of agreed, all right, let's do acoustic stuff. Um, and then before we even thought of shows, we, we turned into let's, let's just record someone playing out here and just, cause we're very much drawn to like audio tree. Like you said, KEXP, those live sessions, whenever we find a band we like, we want to see them performing live, you know, like the recorded stuff's great. You can, you can find that on all streaming services, but to see someone perform live is super cool. So to have those live sessions, it's pretty much the same thing you're getting in a concert type atmosphere, you know, for the most part. So we wanted to do sessions like that. Um, and again, this was, um, the three of us were always going, we're going to shows we're we're talking to these bands. And at first it started with venue shows. Then we kind of like, we're like, let's see what this scene's like. So we would start going to house shows. And then like you, you saw this little scene forming, but there wasn't too much going on in San Francisco. Most of the scene out here was within like Berkeley and Oakland, kind of that 924 Gilman um, is the big all ages venue mm-hmm. out here. But there wasn't much in San Francisco. And, and we were like, well, let's, let's do something, you know, let's, let's give artists some type of platform to, you know, to have like a marketing tool or like, you know, to have a live session that they can, they can put out. Let's, let's just do it. Let's see how it goes. We don't know what we're doing, like I said, um, but let's try it out. And then before we had our first session, we were like, let's, let's throw a show to fundraise. So we had a, um, a, just a fundraiser show to raise money and it was an acoustic show. And a lot of people came out. It was super cool to see people, you know, just playing music on our roof, really. Um, like the views are awesome. And then when you, once you put an artist out there just to look at it, it's, it was really just humbling and really cool. And then we kind of just, you know, we had some hiccups in the beginning. Um, mostly like our first session wasn't even acoustic. It was, <laughs> um, it was electric guitar and an electric, you know, bass. So yeah. we had two amps going. And it was definitely loud, and I'm pretty sure it was on a Sunday night. And no one complained or anything, but we were like, that wasn't an acoustic session, but that was really awesome. The artist's name is Kevin Nichols, um, who's really become a very good friend of ours now, which started out as kind of a stranger. We just talked to him at shows, and we were like, hey, do you want to try this? He's like, yeah, this looks sick. Let's just do it. Um, And then our next session was with the San Francisco-based band called The Quilters, and again, we had we had an uh, acoustic guitar, but we also had an electric guitar and a kick drum, which is very illegal now here, mm-hmm. and also a trumpet, which is also banned. So we started off with a lot of instruments that we don't even use anymore because, again, we didn't know our limitations. And then after that, the next like seven were all solo acoustic, and then we kind of got in a groove. And then, yeah, we've done – I've honestly lost count of how many sessions that we've done, but I want to say we're at like 20, maybe. I wish I counted before because somebody asked me this the other day and I was like, I don't know, but it's good that I don't know because that means we're really busy. Yeah. No, I kind of like not knowing. It also makes me think that people will go check on their own. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Check for me and let me know. Come back with a band that you, that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Go find your favorite. Go explore. And that's been another rewarding thing is that I, I've had people that I don't even know message me on on Instagram, just like, hey, like I've discovered like so and so band because of you. Like, thank you. How did you find them? And, and to me, that's that's the best part of this is is just the music discovery and like like I said, that community that people now know of these bands that they might have not have heard of or they won't have heard of won't 
hear of for another couple of years, but they found them because they played, you know, an acoustic session just out outside of our apartment building. Like that's always yeah. been really special to me. And I'm always like, oh, like what song did you like? Did you look up their recorded stuff and notice the differences? Like I get all nerdy about it. Oh yeah. Um, but that's like one of my favorite things when I talk to people is is to hear about the artists that they discovered. It's like it, it'll never get old. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, yeah. So you mentioned a few things being illegal now: kick drums and trumpets. Are there any <laughs> uh, Are there any good stories of of you guys getting into some trouble? Oh man, yeah. Um, let's see. My favorite story is our Cajon story. So we had um, this this uh, I, would, I would peg them as an emo emo band called Grad Night. Uh, they're based out of Santa Cruz. And they, it was, it was for a show. It wasn't a recorded session, but it was a show. And, you know, before the shows, we, I, I send kind of the, the guidelines and we go over everyone's set. So there's no surprises when they get here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're going to bring a cajon. Cause I was like, no full drum sets. And I was like, oh, cajon, perfect. Um, little did I think or really know that a cajon, when you hit it, it kind of continues its bouncing off of the ground. Now, the biggest thing with this rooftop is that it's a thin roof and somebody, bless their soul, they are right underneath us. Yeah. And this roof isn't really made for cajones or really even just walking on. It's kind of just like a, a light, you know, San Francisco built roof. Um, so they're playing and the set's going great. They're the last act of the day. We had... Uh, Three, yeah, three acts this day. They're the last act. It's um, two. I want to say it was yeah, it was two acoustic guitars and a cajon going. And during the last song, and I was so during shows sometimes I'm at the door and then I'm watching, so I'm kind of walking around the apartment just making sure everything's cool. I start hearing a thump coming from below, <laughs> and I'm thinking like it's the cajon is somehow just on a different beat. There's one beat and there's another beat, so I was like, huh, that's that's weird. And then a lot of people watching the set are just looking around and then I'm like, what the hell? And then the band stops and then the, the lead singer goes, goes, Hey, they're, they're knocking below me. Should I finish the song? And then I'm, and everyone's just kind of staring at me with like wide eyes. And I, and I knew it was their last song and I go, just finish the song. Um, So they finish the song and then we keep hearing the, I'm assuming I'm just imagining a madman with like a a broom just pounding his ceiling mm-hmm. in defense, fighting off this cajon and this e- this emo music. They remind me a lot of kind of like a modern baseball type, really heartfelt emo uh, kind of emo punk. Um, and it's just it's fighting back, and it was pretty epic. Like the the like the rebellious you know nature of this acoustic stripped down set. And I'm just like heart still pounding. I'm enjoying the last song, but I'm also by that door just waiting for someone to come upstairs. They finish the set. And then myself and I believe it was John, we're just we're just by the door, just like, what do we do? He's like, should we say something? And I'm like, ah, they're definitely gonna come upstairs. We we might as well not go downstairs. But but they never came upstairs. Um so now, and this was uh maybe two months ago at this point. But there's just this like awkward, uh, and we've never talked about the Cajon incident. Mm. We've had a few run-ins where it was like a quick, like, hey, do you mind not jumping around or whatever? Yeah. But this was like the most like forceful 
rebuttal of like, you know, Cajon's pounding and then this Cajon player was going hard on the Cajon. Like I've, yeah, we've got some footage of it. Um, but it was, it was just so like, oh my God. Thankfully that was the last band of the day, but that was when I immediately tweeted Cajones are officially banned from Twin Peaks sessions. <laughs> um, so that was the biggest like, oh shit, you know, he's pissed. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're, we're still here. I mean, Cajones aren't, but no, yeah. but we are. I'm so happy you said, uh, finish the song. That's the best part of that story. Yeah. It's it like, was, oh, fuck it. I was, yeah, I was really, you know, I was really digging the song and I was, you can't cut it short. Hey, how lame would that have been? If it was like the first song of, the, of their set, I probably would have said, let's bring it inside, which we have the option to do. We can bring it inside and play. Um, but last song, he's already pissed. What's, you know, a minute and a half, a minute and a half left. And yeah, and then they 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 ran right back in. Everyone came inside and and, and that was, you know, that was the rest of that Saturday afternoon. So I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. I mean, you weren't classically trained as a musician or even thoroughly trained in any way, but do yeah, you no training. So do you th- zero to people? <laughs> do you think of yourself more as a musician or like a recording engineer? Like which is it all one thing for you? Or is it like is Twin Peaks above your own musical making? What you, what's your thoughts on that? Damn, that's a really good question. I hmm, I don't I don't really know. Who am I? Uh I don't I'm hoping I don't to know. Uh, I, make you extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's it's a good sense of un, uncomfort. I don't think that's a word. Um, but I wouldn't say that doing Twin Peaks makes me feel even when I play. So I I play bass guitar in a band right now, but I still I wouldn't call myself a musician. I would just say, oh, I play bass in in this in this band with the same people involved in Twin Peaks, actually. Um, but in terms of how I would describe myself, it's it's really just I'm, you know, I'm just a person who genuinely cares about about music and and growing this scene out here. I I struggle to like define myself as like oh I'm uh you know the uh like CEO of Twin Peaks or I'm the the founder like all those words kind of feel obnoxious and just like I yeah so like I. On my personal Instagram page, I call myself the front man of Twin Peaks Sessions, which is also like, because it's not a band, it's like a joke. Like, oh, I didn't know what to call. You know, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to say I'm the founder. Or I'm yeah. the, you know, whatever. I like that. This. No, that's a good word. Because like I said, it's, you know, it's collective style and just, you know, there's no there's no boss or anything like that. So I, I'm not giving you a... a really you know straight on answer here but i'm more so just you know i'm this is me this is what i do and these are the people who who all contribute to this project and and yeah there's really no no way to define it we call ourselves scene beans um those who are involved in the scene in any way we just say scene beans so maybe i'm I'm just the scene bean of twin peak sessions i love that that's great I mean, it was not it was not a clear question, so I don't expect a clear answer. Um, oh no, where I like what you said though. That was really cool. 
Um, so this is a question I usually try to get to, and sometimes it's at the end, but I feel like we're ready for it. Um, yeah. What is the point of making music, in your opinion? What is the point of making music? I mean, I th- I think music is is such an awesome awesome outlet of like it's I mean people can say it's a hobby or whatever but I think it's a lot more than that it's a very very much like a creative outlet and if it's something that brings you enjoyment I think that music is then one of the one of the most important parts of someone's life you know if it's something that they're doing that's providing um like I said creative outlet um enjoyment excitement and just really making their mind kind of work in a healthy in a healthy way I think that music is is just super important in that regard does that does that answer that question or? that's a beautiful answer okay that's great um, so what are some of your favorite sessions you've done then how about that great question I I so I I, qu- I said this yesterday we did this session or we posted the session yesterday with an artist um, he goes by the name of Rainville, and he plays in uh, the New Jersey uh, punk trio called America Part Two. And we also caught him. He plays in the band Have Mercy, based out of Baltimore. Um, they're in they're an emo alternative band. But I've and I'm from New Jersey originally. I don't think I said that. So I'm okay. very much attached to the New Jersey scene. I'm always checking up on it. And when I was home for Christmas break. Uh, last Christmas, I saw his band America Part Two play, and I was like, "Fuck, this guy's got a killer voice." Let me look at look him up and see if he does anything else. And it turns out he had a solo acoustic project that he had like just started had had one song on like YouTube, um, and I and I just followed his page. I was like, All right, "This is sick." I'm sure one day his band will will come out here. And then you know, three about three weeks ago, he was on tour with Have Mercy. Um, and I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, I've I've love your solo work. I know you're on tour with a different band right now, but do you want? Do you guys have time?" And this was like a full West Coast leg, um, all the way back to the East Coast, like a full US. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, thanks so much for like following me and and following up." So he came over, and this was the loudest session in terms of vocals. Like I'm talking booming vocals. Um. And this would be the track actually that I would now want to share with you. Um, and Robert, Robert finished the mix. It was just so loud that there, I kid you not, there was a literal echo, you know, from where we were. Like things shook. It like, and you could hear. So where we're located, there's the actual Twin Peaks summit. You know, the two big mountaintops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, those people had to have heard it. Um, it was so loud. It was like an epic shriek and it wasn't like an obnoxious forced yell, but it was a beautiful shriek. Um, and that, and I messaged him, I was like, you know, I really can't pick favorites, but this is, this is one of my favorites. Um, so that one, I would say again, the artist was Rainville. Um, and there's actually another funny story when, when you mentioned like getting in trouble and stories about that. So during this last song, so after he had the big yell, (laughs) during the live you know the live session we hear some pretty loud knocks on the door and i'm holding the reflector for this one sometimes we'll have a reflector in place so i'm holding the reflector and then i'm like oh my god i heard that knocks and then i see rianne's face as she's filming and i could tell she heard the knocks i 
look, turn around at, at John's by the soundboard and he's like, oh, panicking. <laughs> and then again, I'm like, don't stop the song because you just had the most epic yell ever and we can't redo this at this point. Um, but he finished the song. There was another loud part. They ended up knocking again. Um, supposedly, you can hear the knocks in the recording. I'm going to have to listen very closely with headphones to see if you can hear those knocks. Yeah, um, that sounds like a challenge. It, it was like so epic. Yeah, right? And then, and then more so on how loud this session was. So one of their bandmates, I think he went to get food during it. So he, he ended up just staying in the van during the session. And we're about like three floors up from the street and he was inside the van and he said like, yo, I just heard, I just heard Freddie, um, his first name's Freddie. I just heard Freddie scream. And I think everyone in this neighborhood just heard that. <laughs> and if you didn't know that music was being played, you might've thought, you know, someone just got murdered or like, like it was, it was booming. It was like a cry for help. Yell, but it, it was so epic and that that one really sticks with me. That sounds awesome. Okay. And then on the other side of that, uh, this is an uncomfortable Mm. question as well. So you don't have to answer it or name names, but (laughs) some of the, maybe you could describe vaguely the worst experiences you've had or the, your least favorite sessions besides the stories of the (laughs) Cajon and whatnot. Uh, um, I definitely have, uh, some rough moments. What what can I share without like coming off as a not a jerk, but what can I be open about, I mm-hmm. guess? I think and nothing specific, but a lot of it, I guess the most like difficult part is when I say the word acoustic and that translates to like electric. And it's like, all right, our acoustic setup, I kid you not, I've seen these. Our acoustic setup is two electric guitars and a bass, and there's a small pedal board and a very small drum kit. I'm like, okay, none <laughs> of that is acoustic. And I, I see that, and I, I think, and sometimes I'll be like, like John Rian, like, is, what does acoustic mean? Like, if I say acoustic, they're like, oh, no, that means acoustic guitars. I'm like, does it, though? It's, yeah. So we'll get a lot of. And then, and then some people get pissed. They're like, well, well, you know, my, I need the electric guitar. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can help you, but we, we have had some electric guitar. Sorry. As I like oddly burp, but no one heard the burp. So it just sounded like a weird breath thing. Um, we, we've had electric guitar, but the most difficult conversations are those, the limitations like we had one that was super funny and, and I can mention this cause they're good friends. Uh, the band is called conserve and they're on paper house records. And I love, I love these guys. They're hilarious. They're awesome musicians, but we went back and forth for a bit on setup and um, it was the same conversation of like acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar. And then he shows up with his amp and his electric guitar. <laughs> and I was just like, dude. dude. <laughs> so we, we we have a very nice house acoustic. It's a nice Martin. That's uh, that's John's guitar. So we had him use that. But it was like the email chain was like twelve different emails back and forth on setup. And then <laughs> it was like, what was it? You know, it was just funny. Like all of us looked at each other, like, yeah. <sighs> uh, and again, that's 
I'm happy to make that call out because I think it's hilarious. And his session's awesome. Um, it was a really, it was a really awesome session, and they're they're incredible musicians. And and we had conserve play. We uh, I'm gonna get sidetracked, but we threw a a two day festival, believe wow. it or not, um, in July, and we had them play a full band set because I was like, y'all y'all really wanted to do electric, so let's have you play full yeah. band on day one so basically we call it twin shrieks uh twin shrieks fest and day one we rent out this really awesome oakland it's like an underground kind of warehouse spot it's super safe it's all fire code you know all regulated and safe and you know somebody somebody rents it out it's mostly like an ensemble and there's dance rehearsals in it but they were open to having a punk rock fest so we booked nine bands uh conserve was one of them we had a lot of people who had who had done Twin Peaks sessions or played at Twin Peaks or just been friends of ours play. Um, so that's the day one portion. And then the day two is all acoustic house show in Twin Peaks, of course. Mm -hmm. So, so that was, uh, we kind of came full circle there cause they came up with that electric guitar and we were like, no, 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 not today. But then we ended up having to book them full band yeah. style, uh, for Twin Shrieks. And that was, that was a re another really great moment just to see that, you know, yeah see this punk band we made strip down into acoustic get to go all out um at twin shrieks was yeah, great super cool do it for real um mm -hmm. so um what what are the goals and aspirations for twin peaks do you just kind of keep doing what you're doing and see where it goes or do you have specific things in mind going forward that's a great question and we think about that a lot um we really want this to be, you know, a full-time thing. And we all know it's very difficult to have music be your full-time, mm -hmm. your only thing that you do. Um, you know, money, there is really no money in this. So when we think of, oh, we can do this as our jobs, well, it's like, well, no, you can't. Um, but what we want is to just keep growing and like keep, you know, making our sessions really, you know, have all like we've really developed if, if you look at our earlier ones to today you can see the difference in just like sound quality or like like mixing and um like the videography and, and all that it's a very much like we found our like our feel but but we're not done yet so we really want to grow into not just doing the sessions but like amplifying the sessions keeping them you know strong and consistent and, and booking great artists and artists that we want people to discover but we're also booking shows at other venues. So uh, at this point, I've now booked, like I mentioned, that that festival, which was crazy because I had no big-time booking experience, but it was a success, and we're all super stoked about that. But but now I find myself booking at other venues around the area, mostly smaller-scale DIY stuff, of course. But I want, and we'll put like the Twin Peaks logo on the flyer, and it's like a Twin Peaks Presents, yeah. you know? So it's us, because again, I, I love... I'm not like some super obsessed acoustic guy. I actually don't prefer acoustic music, um, which is the ironic part. So now we're really booking shows elsewhere. So growing into like, okay, they book shows. You know, this is someone I can hit up for help if, you know, I don't need to do a session, but I want to, you know, I just want to play because a lot of touring bands will hit us up. And, and my goal is we obviously can't accommodate everyone. That's just, you just can't, we don't have the bandwidth. We can't do this every day. We have limitations, but my goal is when somebody emails or reaches out, 
that at least I've pointed them in the right direction or I've established a connection or I've booked them at another show or I, they want to do a session. They want to do a full band amp session. I've, you know, I've linked up with a couple other people in the Bay who do sessions, but I want to give them something. I never want to just flat out ignore someone. So if you're listening to this and I haven't responded to you, send me a nudge because I will respond. Um, I take a lot of like pride in knowing that a connection has been made. Like I said, I can't accommodate everyone. We, we, we simply can't do that. Mm -hmm. But as long as this artist got something, which was like a lead for a different contact or just a, even if we did like someone I couldn't book, they couldn't find a show. It just didn't work out. But now we're Facebook friends and we send each other like songs every now and then, you know, even something as simple like that. I'm glad that we had that type of connection. So we, we still want to grow with the sessions and booking shows. We want twin shrieks. We're already booking bands for that right now. We have the dates not yet announced, but we're going to do that again in the springtime. And, you know, we're going to, we've done one, one fest now we're going to, we're going to do that again. So I really want that to be a yearly thing. Um, and I just really want the community to continue to grow, have more people that discover us and discover these artists and find these new, there's so many like cool house shows that are like super kind of secretive because they throw like two shows a year, if that, but finding those contacts and going to these shows and discovering these bands that, you know, that you might never, you might never hear of unless you're there. So just continuing to be that, you know, community force or that force within the community yeah. would be the biggest, the biggest goal um, that I feel confident that I can speak on all of our behalves with that. Yeah. You're making me feel confident that you can do it. That's very inspiring. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I, I had someone message me recently and they're like, Hey, like I, you know, I want to do something like twin peaks. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. Let, let's talk about it. What did you want to do sessions? Do you want to just book shows? Cause I always thought it was like, how do you book a show? And it's like, okay, you find a venue, you find bands. Like it's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's, it's intimidating and it feels like there's a lot of pressure, but just work with a couple people and it can be done, but we need people that just like music and like the scene. And, you know, I'm not like a super social person all the time, but I, I love this. So I'm happy to help out in any way. And I've been seeing a lot of, you know, some of these fellow scene beans, you know, that are like kind of on the quiet side, but they're starting to reach out and, and talk to people and be like, Hey, like how, what can I do to help? And it's, so that again is another big part of it is just growing this community and just having other people like, all right, now I'm going to start booking shows in San Jose and I'm going to book in, in, you know, Tracy, California. I'm going to book over there more Berkeley shows, you know, just keep sprouting out little seeds everywhere is a big part of the growth for not just Twin Peaks, but the whole Bay Area, you know, DIY scene or whatever you yeah, want to call it. That's super cool. And I think my favorite part about all that is just like how you've been able to be creative under limitations. I think that idea in general is really cool when people like you're faced with limitations on what you can actually do in your venue, but you're still finding ways to grow and help people out. And I think that ends up giving you more creative ideas. So, Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because, um, obviously with the limitations I've, I've said it a few times. I was like, they can, they can kick us out, out of here and shut us down. But Twin Peaks doesn't end because there's more, like I said, we can book shows anywhere. We can, we can find more spaces. We can find, we can film anywhere. 
So what we're actually going to pilot this weekend is, and it's a working title, and Robert's actually going to help us out. It's we're gonna we might call it Twin Peaks proper, where we go up to the actual Twin Peaks. I found this little nook that's it's a very touristy area yeah. up there. It's it's the, like the high point of San Francisco yeah, and all that. But there's there's a little nook where people kind of skateboard and they graffiti and there's you know there's not much no one's really going there. Um, but we're gonna film someone there. So Robert has a portable. I'm gonna butcher it. A four track portable something. Um, and he's confident it'll work. So we're gonna mic up someone. No outlets needed. And we're gonna record a Twin Peaks sessions in at the Twin Peaks summit. Um, so again, a policeman could be like, "Hey, you can't do this," and it's like, "Okay." Um, so there's limitations there, but we're super stoked to try this because we're gonna be even higher up. You know, there's gonna be live people now watching. Um, so I'm super stoked for that. We're gonna do that. Today's Friday. We're gonna do that on Sunday. Um, and that's going to be really cool. And it's and another special part of that. It's with um, an artist. He goes by the name of Broken Field Runner, based out of based out of Southern California. I want to say L.A. specifically. Um, he's coming to San Francisco specifically to do this session. And when people go out of their way to like to be here, and you know that's that's not an easy drive. That is, I'm so inspired by that, and that it adds a good amount of pressure of like, all right, this guy's driving, you know, six plus hours to be here. Let's give him the best thing. So I was like, Hey, would you want to be our first twin peaks proper? If it fails, we'll just come back and do it on the roof. He goes, he's like, fuck yeah, let's, let's try it out there. That's, that's awesome. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's ways to keep up sustainability, but you just gotta be smart and you gotta be strategic with it. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we can't do this every day. Um, we gotta be, we gotta be smart. Yeah. So, and, and we're almost, we're almost a year in, and I want to hit that one year mark. I don't have a specific date. Rian would know the date, um, but it's right around January is when we recorded the first session. So we're we're close. <laughs> we're really close to surviving yeah. one year. I think you guys are gonna make it. I'm, yeah, I'm super so. excited to see that <laughs> Twin Peaks proper. That that sounds really sick. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's a fun one to kind of do at the end. Uh, what do you uh -huh. like doing besides music with your, with your free time? I know you mentioned, uh, you were playing Madden before this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call that fun. <laughs> I, 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 I love, like, I love video games, but, oh man, I get so angry sometimes. I, I bought NBA 2K. I, I love sports. I, um, and it's always funny to say like you love sports when you when you're involved in like music and like punk stuff because it's like oh that fuck the jocks you know there's that weird stigma <laughs> of like if you like punk you shouldn't like I don't know maybe I made that up but sometimes I see that like it's you hate the jocks and I just I love baseball like I can't get around oh, it that's hell yes it's my favorite thing I'm a huge New York Mets okay. fan um, they may never win a World Series when I'm alive and that's gonna be you know, a depressing thing to take with me to the grave, but, but I love baseball. So I, you know, I play video games, but yeah, what was I saying? Oh, I bought a NBA 2k, the basketball video game. And I had to return it after a week. And I went to return it to GameStop because I was getting so frustrated. I was losing to kids online and it was like the, the worst thing yeah. in the world. And they're like, Oh, is the game defective. And I go, you know what? It's not defective at all. It actually works perfectly fine. But I, 
I emotionally <laughs> can't play this game. It's very, it's, it makes me yeah. very angry. And they were like, they thought I was kidding. They're like, huh, no, really, what was wrong with it? And I was like, I just told you what was wrong. <laughs> You're like, I, I'm the thing that's defective. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, yeah, I love baseball. Um, I play like fantasy baseball. Nice. And that it's great because it makes it, it really keeps me in touch with my dad. You know, like we'll, we'll talk about music every now and then, but mostly we're talking about baseball, which is really special that we have that connection. Yeah. Um, so dad, I hope you're listening to this. Look, I'm on a podcast. Isn't that cool? Uh, <laughs> I love it. But right. Other than that, um, yeah, I like to kind of just really relax and slow things down and like go on a walk and just think that everything is okay in a moment, you know, just kind of settle in. Um, I don't really like to party anymore or like go out um, if I'm not at a show. So I kind of like that, that me time, like just being like present is sometimes a very rewarding thing that I'm trying to do more of. Like when I said, when I went out of the house to just go to a show again, I went to a show of course, but like to like take it in and be like, all right, everything's all right. Here we are. So just kind of, you know, find some mental clarity is big and in whatever outlet, healthy outlet I can find. That's awesome. But baseball would be the short answer of what I like besides music. Oh, I like it. That's, that's me too. I love baseball. Um, I'm, oh, right on. I'm Who's a big Angels fan. Okay. I'm also sorry. Yeah. I was like, I you guess. were talking about how you may never see World Series, and I'm relating to that on a deep <laughs> level. Um, we'll, we'll, I mean, I never give up hope completely, but I feel like the Mets and Angels are in kind of similar boats, like decent amount of talent, kind of almost making it occasionally, but just never really having that X factor or whatever. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly how I would put it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, last thing I always ask is if you would do us the honor of you know recommending a future guest. Ah, uh, yes. I know we mentioned that before the show, and I was like, "Oh, I'll think about it throughout." But obviously, I didn't think about that at one. Ah, uh, you're moment, the worst. But I am. But you know what? I'm gonna keep it Bay Area for now. Because I would love to have, um, oh, you know what? This is who it's going to be. Uh, his name is Chad. He is the front man of the band Dylan's, and Dylan's is honestly one of my favorite, like Northern Cal. They're from Tracy, California, so I don't know if that's even Bay Area anymore. I get confused on the geography and all the terms out yeah. here still. But they're from Tracy, California, and that is a band that I. I kind of discovered randomly due to booking. Somebody wanted to book a show here and they were like, oh, this band Dylan's will play. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting name. I listened to two songs. I was like, this is fucking incredible. So they did a Twin Peaks acoustic set um, at a show and then I saw them live and they've become really good buddies. And Chad recently got married and he's moving to Richmond, Virginia. So Dylan's will be on a brief hiatus, but they're going to release their next record hopefully before 2020, but I think to ask Chad about his record and just the process, and he's just such a, you know, you talk about scene beans, that is a fucking scene bean right there, and I think Chad would have a lot of good, a lot of good content to Hell say. yeah, cool. I'm excited. Alrighty. Right on. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll give you, give you his number oh, right yes, after please. this. Okay, cool. 
Well, thank you so much for being on. I enjoyed this conversation quite a bit. And uh, I'm excited yeah. to keep following all the Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, we're just at, I guess this is my uh, oh, yes, silly please. plug. It, <laughs> it's, it's that. No, no, no worries. Um, you know, you got you to gotta market. Always got to market. Uh, at Twin Peaks Sessions is is where you can find us on all the socials. And um, yeah, if you're listening and you want to send a message, send a message. I'll, it, I love to hear from people and I love to listen to new music. And like I said, if I, if, if I can't book you, I will point you in the, in the right direction. Worst case, we, we can become internet friends and that's always cool with me. Sweet. Alrighty. Right on. Um, and that's it. I'll, uh, talk, talk cool. to you in the future. Boom. Alrighty. I hope I hope to meet you, Internet Friends. See, yeah, well, we're Internet, internet friend. Friends now, so Boom. maybe one day we'll meet face to face. I love it. All right. I love it. Thanks again for, for sure. having me. Later. What's going on? I'm Rainville and this is Step Back. Step back for a minute. Take your time. That's